Hello, and welcome to Yoga Olami, where we examine the relationship of yoga and mindfulness to people's everyday lives and experiences. I am Dana Baxter. Today, we are talking with Sarah Palatinsky, a nursing student at Becker College. Sarah participated in the early days of Yoga Otsma and cultivated a yoga and meditation practice that works for her and her busy academic schedule. Sarah places an emphasis on not being overwhelmed by what others are doing and to stay focused on the idea that you are practicing in the way that you are able to in the time that you have. And now your host, Monica Sager. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for joining us. Hi, good to be here. How are you guys doing? <laughs> good, thanks. I hope you're doing well, too. Can you start telling us a little bit about yourself and what you study, your hobbies? I'm a nursing student, which means I don't really get hobbies. I used to skate and dance a lot. Yoga was a really nice pastime over the summer. Yeah, now my hobby is just, you know, social time where I can get it. I like that. And you said you dance. So have you tried the ecstatic dance as well? I've done it a little bit, but I'm more of like uh, my mind wants directions to follow. So that was a bit hard because it like relied on creativity. So that was tough. So along those lines, can you tell me a little bit more about your yoga and mindfulness practice, how you became involved with it and what they look like? Roy from Hillel like invited me to one community flow last year around Passover time, right? And that's where I heard of it. It was like a weird time because I was getting used to being home and not being super social anymore. So that was really nice. It either looks like joining the community flow or if I'm on my own, I'll do something much smaller, like put on some music and maybe do like a few sun salutations, some crunches, um, ballet stretches, whatever I'm feeling. And that'll be it. Do you do it each day? Not really. So how does that work then? Um, do you see a difference between the days that you do it and the days that you don't? I do. Yeah, there's a difference between taking the time for myself and not doing it. What I'm more likely to do is like a longer sort of resting meditation, which I sometimes do when I feel like I can't nap. And that definitely helps with my alertness and well-being. With the resting meditation, is that more like you focusing on your breath or are you doing some other method to try to calm down? So I start with like some progressive muscle relaxation and then I start with like breath counting and I keep going with that. And I just, I don't really try to control the thoughts. They just go away on their own when I'm counting. Um, and I'll do that for a while. And then after a little bit, I'd be like, okay, I'm ready to continue with my day. Now you talked about two pretty different practices then of resting meditation and one more active and more, it can be energetic and even hardworking of yoga with the community. Is there different benefits you see from the two of them? Do you prefer one over the other? Um, engaging with the community is really a big part of, you know, why I like doing yoga. So when I'm not able to do that, like you know, when I'm in school and I don't have that time to get online with people, I miss out on that a little bit. So they both have different things. It'll depend on what I can do. Um, so when I can, you know, be online with you guys, I really benefit from that. And when I'm by myself or, you know, when I'm too busy to get online, I don't say, oh, 
this sucks, I can't go to community flow, I say, okay, what can I do that will work for me that I will benefit from in a different way? I like that. So then outside of the practice, have you seen any changes to your life because of mindfulness and yoga? It's definitely a good coping skill when things get hard, as they have a lot. Being able to come back to the breath has been really helpful. You know, Evan has also been helpful just sort of like listening to like when we're in mountain pose, he'll give different prompts and that will really help about like grounding and about being mindful of people I'm grateful for, things like that. That also is a very helpful coping mechanism. Now you say coming back to the breath, do you do that often throughout the day or is it just a thing that you do when you're trying to be mindful? A little bit of both. Like I'll set the time for a meditation if I can. And then other times if I'm upset, like if something scary is happening, I will think about my breath. I'll be like, okay, I'm not going to yell. I'm not going to get angry. I'm just going to breathe. And that usually gets me through it. Gotcha. And then with that, I know that nursing is definitely a very challenging, very stressful major and also occupation in general. Have you used any of these benefits you've talked about into that practice then? I've tried to, and I know I should, like specifically with taking exams, they tell us, you know, you have to breathe, you have to take it slow, breathe through your belly, um, all these sort of evidence-based practices. And that's something I need to improve on because I'll do the exact opposite. I'll over-caffeinate, sit down for my exam, try to take my time, but rush through it anyway. And then I'll have to (laughs) use like coping mechanisms to calm myself after the exams. Uh, There's room for improvement there. But have you realized these more now? Like, were you aware of this before? Definitely like getting into yoga has helped me become aware of it. But another difference is just transitioning from the first half of college to the second half, which is a lot more nursing and It's very different from the prerequisites and being a regular college student. So it's been like a combination of factors. So then going forward into your one day career as a nurse, how do you see yoga and mindfulness playing a role in that? I think it could really help me um, when I find myself in difficult situations, like when something bad is happening to someone and it's my job to help them. Those situations are always very scary. And I feel like the first step is staying calm. I need to gain the information and that's what I'm going to do in school and, and in my career. But what I can control separate from that is sort of staying calm and, and like thinking about, yeah, coming back to the breath uh, has been very helpful for that. So would you recommend mindfulness and yoga to other people? I definitely would, especially nursing students, but like everyone, um, there's no one it's not good for. Then someone might say to me, well, I don't have an hour and a half. And I would say, okay, let's figure out something else. It's what I might see myself saying to a patient one day, if I have a patient who needs to get more active or who needs to reduce stress, I would say, let's figure out how this can work individually for you. I love that individualistic approach. It seems more helpful and not as... I guess, angry at yourself. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, that's something I think about a lot. It's very important because like 
you know, they're preparing us to have to talk to people, um, like a lot of the population, let's say, needs to like reduce their blood sugar or their blood pressure or something like that. They, they really, they should exercise or they should stop smoking. But I know if I say stop smoking or go to the gym every day, it's not going to happen. It's not going to help them. And I say, okay, what's something that's not scary? Like making an appointment with a counselor or going to the gym a little bit or walking your dog. Um, yeah, I think a lot about, I guess this doesn't relate to yoga, but just finding things that don't seem overwhelming to people just as a starting point. I like that. And I, I would argue that it does relate to yoga because you even said that you are choosing when to do it and when not to so that you aren't overwhelmed. Yeah, I think, um, and being forgiving of myself for not doing it the way other people are doing it is an ongoing challenge. And when I'm at a yoga practice and I'm seeing, you know, the little squares where everyone's doing like so amazingly and I'm, I'm tired, I need a snack. That's a hard moment for me to say I'm doing okay. Cause instead I'm thinking, but everyone's doing so well. And you know, what if they think I'm not really trying? So that's a constant, you know, that's another area for improvement. Do you have any tips then for anybody else who's going through that? I would say know that it's happening to a lot of us. Talk about it because it will help other kids who are feeling the same way. And just honestly, sometimes you have to just keep doing the positive self-talk and keep telling yourself, I'm doing okay, even if I don't believe it right now. Um, and just, yeah, have a, you know, because it can be something like a yoga class or it can be something like your grades or how you're doing at work or in your relationships and just talking about it with someone or with a lot of people. I think that can help a lot. Awesome. Well, that leads me to my last question for you, Sarah. Do you have any last things to say or anything in particular that you'd like to leave with our audience? I would say, you know, it's yoga is definitely something to try out once or a couple of times um, or as much as you like just to figure out if it's right for you or if something a little different is right to you. But yeah, it, it has helped me a lot. And, and yeah, I would say it's worth a shot for just about everyone. Perfect. Thank you so much for talking with us, Sarah. I really love how you took an approach of, to yoga and mindfulness to not be too tough on yourself, but allow it to work and help you as it can. Thank you guys so much. It's really nice talking to you. Again, this is Yoga Olamit. Make sure to tune back in two weeks for another edition to hear about yoga and meditation within another walk of life. Again, I'm Dana Baxter, and on behalf of Monica Sager, myself, and the Yoga Olamit staff, thank you, and we'll see you next time.